Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. So Len, when we recently discussed PPP loans, you told me it would be the last word on PPP loans. But I see today that you've put on as today's topic once again, what's up with PPP? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds vulgar. I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe I should say what's going on with PPP and CRA and how that dovetails into Yes. <laughs> well, Dean, the last time we spoke, I really had thought I had said all there was to be said about PPP loans and their CRA implications, particularly with respect to community development. But as I reflected on the matter and did a little more research, I realized something I had not considered before, and apparently neither had the regulators. In fact, what I've come to realize is it may be far easier to qualify almost all PPP loans for community development credit under the so-called economic development definition. This opens the door for a bank to potentially claim far more loans for community development credit for CRA performance purposes. This is of importance to large banks, but particularly important for intermediate small banks. Well, I know my ears are somewhat small, but I am all ears. What is what is that <laughs> you've discovered uh, that has opened the door for the bank to claim far more PPP loans for community development? Because this right here would be considered music to the ears of bankers. Oh, um, my God. Who, who, uh, struggle, who, who struggle with community <laughs> development uh, uh, activity loans? Well, Dean, the difficulty for a bank to claim a PPP loan for community development credit under the economic development definition is the bank must prove that any such loan qualifies under the so-called size test and then the purpose test. Now, the size test is usually determined by the gross annual revenue of the business, but sometimes it's based on the number of employees. To meet the size test, a bank had to gather the gross annual revenues of the business, but the SBA did not require banks to capture that information for PPP loan applications. Moreover, the prudential bank regulators made it clear that a bank would not be penalized for failure to capture a PPP loan borrower's gross annual revenue. Consequently, very few banks collected the GAR, the gross annual revenue, for the PPP loan applications which they process. This seems to have foreclosed the potential for getting community development credit for most PPP loans. So while banks are not formally penalized for not collecting the gross annual revenue data, effectively, they have been informally penalized because the GAR information was important to proving a PPP borrower qualified for economic development credit. Without that information, many banks appear to have been forfeited the opportunity to prove many, if not most, of their PPP loans were eligible for community development credit. You know, it, it just seems to me it, it's a continuous kicking in the knees of banks. You know, it sounds like they, they, they're continually getting the short end of the stick on this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes, but that's not the end of the story, Dean. You see, as I was researching the possibility for a client of ours to identify more PPP loans as community development loans, I was examining the SBA PPP loan application, and I noticed that borrowers were required to check a box. 
indicating that they are qualified according to the SBA size standards under any of the three different size determination options. That caused me to closely read the SBA instructions and related questions and answers for PPP loan applications. And in those documents, it is stated that a bank can rely on the certifications made by the borrower on their application. Effectively, the PPP loan application itself is the proof that a PPP borrower meets the SBA size standards. All of a sudden, a bank no longer has to go back to the borrower to collect information about the size of the business borrower and then match that against the SBA size standards. The fact that the PPP loan application was processed and approved is proof that the borrower met the SBA size standards. So it sounds like what had been a big obstacle for a bank getting community development uh, credit is now, uh, you know, slam dunk. Well, it's while it's a given that PPP loan borrowers now should be recognized as qualifying for the SBA size standards and hence the CRA size test, banks will still have to prove that a PPP loan also fulfills the purpose test. What that means is that the majority of jobs saved or preserved were jobs for low or moderate income employees. While that may sound daunting, it's really easy because the SBA loan forgiveness applications required a PPP borrower to submit detailed data regarding each job saved by the PPP loan. So banks would have that information in each PPP borrower's file. The only other information a bank would need would be the estimated median family income of the area in which the PPP borrower was located. That information establishes the maximum annual income, uh, what the maximum annual income is that qualifies as a lower moderate income job, which must be less than 80% of the area's estimated median family income. So where does the bank get that information? Oh, that's readily available on the FFIEC geocoding website. So it's easy to retrieve. And by the way, it's determined MSA by MSA or statewide non-MSA. So in other words, a bank won't have to look up hundreds of different numbers. In most cases, all a community bank would need would be to retrieve a single estimated median family income number for the MSA in which the bank's assessment area is located. Well, I always knew you were smart. You're starting to look like a genius. So your finding certainly opens the door for a bank to get credit uh, for far more uh, community development loans than, than previous. That's right, Dean. Now that the size test is really uh, basically an easy pass on this thing, uh, it can be very especially helpful to intermediate small banks that have such a heavy burden with respect to proving that they've extended a satisfactory volume of community development loans. This opens the door for a dramatic increase in getting credit for community development loans if once a bank recognizes this. Well, as I always say, you're the expert in the industry, so uh, you certainly have identified a terrific opportunity for banks uh, to greatly enhance their community development lending. And I'm sure that they will be delighted to hear this podcast when we release it in a few uh, weeks. Uh, this is Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting. And this is Len Suzio from GeoDataVision saying thank you for listening to our conversation regarding how PPP loans may get your bank substantially more community development credit in your next CRA exam. Please send us topics you would like us to address in future podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show.
As always, links are in the show notes, and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and Geodata Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.